Some read self-help books. Others use meditation. At New Balance, it's believed that peace can be found with a run. You're never truly prepared for adversity, but certain things serve as a guide for moving forward. Whether sprinting or running marathons, the physical and mental requirements become ingrained. Visualizing an outcome, synchronizing breath and body, pushing past pain and fatigue. Those hard-learned lessons serve as a blueprint for overcoming obstacles and achieving balance in life. Go beyond the run at newbalance.com. You're listening to Wellness Talk with your host, George Batista. Welcome to Wellness Talk. Glad you guys could be with me this week. I'm George, as always, your host. Wellness Talk, as always, is the show uh, where we go over the latest in the health, healing, nutrition, and fitness field. And uh, we try to do everything as naturally and as uh, close to uh, natural as possible to try to live longer, happier, healthier lives. And um, everyone can listen to this show, whether you just want to get some tips on on health and fitness or if you're dealing with any kind of conditions where hopefully we can give you some uh, tips to deal with that or or if you're you know if you're an athlete and you want to see uh, if there's some things that can help boost performance and things like that so uh, wellness talk is always is the show <clears throat> that is for educational purposes only it is not intended as a substitute for professional medical advice of any kind that is not intended to treat diagnose prevent or cure any illnesses so please Always consult your physicians when wanting to make major changes and start any kind of health programs. You can go to facebook.com forward slash wellness talk to uh, check out the articles that I go over. You can uh, speak with me at georgebatista.com where I do consulting. And also you can email me um, any questions at well, um, at uh, wellness talk at hotmail.com. Again, that's wellness talk at hotmail.com. And uh, time permitting, I will uh, answer those questions uh, on the show. All right, so this week, um, we're going to go over some, uh, some good articles here. Uh, first, uh, we're going to talk about heart disease starting at age three. I mean, that is, is as scary as it gets. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, vitamin D and obesity, and how uh, it actually how there is a um, there's a correlation there, and how um, how that works. We're going to talk about uh, grape seed extract and all the unbelievable things that it does. Uh, when it, not only as far as cardio protection, but also cancer protection as well. And we're going to go over, do you really need medication to lower cholesterol? So we're going to ask that question. And uh, time permitting, we're going to uh, go into uh, what time you eat matters as much as, how, you know, as much as, you know, what you eat and how much you eat. And I'm also going to answer a question as well. Again, time permitting. Okay, uh, so let's jump right in here. We're going to start with 
an article from Wellness Resources this week. This is from Byron Richards. This is heart disease starts at age three in obese kids and doubles the risk for early death. Now, I almost fell out of my seat when I saw this, and I had to bring this up because it just was is just unbelievable. This was a study. This was published in the uh, Journal of Pediatrics, and it shows the inflammatory changes that cause heart disease are clearly present at age three, and actually steadily steadily worsen up to age seventeen. Now, uh, months back, I had done a I had done an article here that uh, talked about how they found uh, obese teenagers that actually had um, significantly, um, uh, or well, they had problems as far as malfunctioning valves in their heart. And this happened because, you know, a lot of the reason was because of what they were consuming, but because they were obese as well. And I mean, as early as age seven, you know, 15 to 17 year olds were having this problem. Well, actually, they're going now even deeper than this. They had to go. They went all the way back to age three. So, <clears throat> I'll quote some of this here. The, this um, it says the second published uh, the second. There was two studies here. And the second one was published in the New England Journal of Medicine. It shows that childhood obesity is the strongest factor linked to premature disease associated death, more than doubling the risk. Now, in the pediatric study, researchers had they analyzed children's children ages 1 to 17 and um, you know they're basically saying that the heaviest children had multiple markers of excess information but among the very obese children around ages 3 to 5 more than 42.5% had elevated C-reactive protein compared to only 17% of the healthy weight children. Now C-reactive protein is an inflammatory marker that shows that you can be risk, you know, you could be at risk for heart disease, and <clears throat> it's one of the inflammatory markers that there is anyway. But but uh, this is this is incredible. Now, in children ages fifteen to seventeen, eighty three percent of the very obese had elevated CRP compared to eighteen percent of the healthy weighted children. So these uh, and and the, the thing about it is that the researchers actually said that they were very surprised by these findings. Very surprised. They didn't realize that, you know, uh, they didn't realize that there was such a relationship between weight status and elevated inflammatory markers um, as early as they're seeing. I mean, this is, these are three-year-olds. Three-year-olds. This is the first three years of life. And they're obese and they're, and they're seeing already problems. It's, it's unbelievable. Now, this, this goes along with another study that was also published. This was a very large study, actually. Um, and this was in the New England Journal of Medicine. It was a study involving American Indian children born between 1945 and 1984. And th- this is a unique study population because the rates of obesity in this group occurred earlier in time due to their uh, ex- extreme inability to tolerate the American junk food diet. Now, we know that junk food as you know is out there now you know the american western diet now is all in the all these other countries who years ago didn't consume this type of food and now they are so they found that the obese children in this long-term study were found to have a 230 percent increased risk of death before age 55 230 percent so 
I mean, it's, you know, what can you say about this? This is absolutely incredible. Um, you know, the, the, the bottom line is this, you know, you, you know, again, you, you cannot start, you cannot start early enough with your children's diet. All right. Uh, you know, three or four years old, you can have them eating fairly healthy things, even fruits and vegetables and things like that. Um, and, and, and here's the thing. You want to start it early because the older they get, the harder it is to do. All right. So once you have a child who's, you know, 10, 12, 15 years old, and they, they're already set in the things that they like. Um, it's a lot harder to introduce the healthy foods at that point than it is when they're three or four years old because, you know, it's very it's a lot easier to instill those habit patterns. You got to remember that, you know, within the first, you know, seven to eight years of life, you're setting your child's habit patterns. So, you know, those are those habit patterns that are going to stay with them as they get older. So if you're if you're letting them engage in very unhealthy habit patterns, what do you think is going to stay with them? Now, that doesn't mean that they cannot change those patterns as they get older with wisdom and with information, but it's a lot harder to do it once you're set in your way. So you want to start it when they're young. And this way they get used to eating that way. And yes, you know, it's it's easier said than done, obviously, because, you know, kids go out to parties and they hang out with their friends and their friends are eating all this junk food and there's a lot of candy and cakes and cookies. And there's, a, you know, there's an element of that. So you can't, you, you can't have your child, you know, it's going to be very difficult to have your child eating, you know, exactly the way you want them to. It's just, it's just, you know, that's not the reality of the situation. But my thing is this. When, you know, my child goes out to a party or something like that, or my daughter goes to parties and things like that, there's certain things I'm not going to be able to control, obviously. But when my child is in my home, which is the majority of the time, there are certain things that I can control. So if I'm controlling it, you know, 70 to 80% of the time, even even what my, my daughter brings to school for lunch, if I'm able to control that, then I feel that I'm ahead of the game. So anyway... This is something you want to take a look at to try to get your your children, you know, active in sports, running around, you know, just being kids, letting them burn off a lot of the food that they're eating, um, you know, doing as much exercise and then just giving them a lot of fruits and vegetables. And again, one of the things you can do, and I always recommend this, if you're into juicing, get your kids to juice with you. It's a lot of fun. And when the juices come out, especially when you're using apples, they love it. It tastes fantastic. Um, so that's just a little tip there as far as juicing. Kids love juicing. They love the, they love to watch the things go in the juicer and how it works. And let them participate in that because uh, it, you know, it, it gets them used to the whole process. So anyway, um, this is just something to be aware of. And I thought this was, uh, I thought this was just a very important finding. Okay, next, life extension. This is a publish this was a study on vitamin D and body weight. Now this is very interesting because this is new science. And this shows uh, this was a report uh, published in the journal of PLOS Medicine and it examined genetic data from 21 studies. A total of 42,000 people were involved in the actual study and it found that it found that for every 10% rise in body mass index uh, which was used as, as a, which is that's the you know used as an indicator of body fat, and led to a four percent drop of available vitamin D in the body. 
So this essentially is saying that the more obese or the more body fat you have, the less vitamin D is going to be available in your body. And because vitamin D is stored in in fatty tissue, uh, the research team suggests that the larger larger storage capacity in obese people may prevent it from uh, calculating or, or, I'm sorry, may prevent it from circulating in the bloodstream. Okay, this is from the lead author, Dr. Uh, Alina Hyponen from the University College London. So, you know, we know that we have an epidemic of uh, low vitamin D already. Um, and, you know, the, the flu season, even though it's still around, but um, this is, we're getting towards the end of the flu season here. But we're seeing that, you know, um, the science is clear on vitamin D and that most people are deficient in a winter. And now we're seeing that people who are overweight are even more deficient than people who are normal weight because, again, you know, it's it's a big thing. So, you know, number one, this is one of the reasons why you want to, number one, engage the process of weight loss, okay? That's that's the main thing because you got to remember that vitamin D, you know, lack of vitamin D is 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 huge as far as when it comes to your bones, when it comes to... You know, trying to um, not have osteoporosis when it when it comes to all these different functions and hormone function hormone functions in your body, but also in your immune system. It's so so important to your, your immune system, and this is why you want to do it. And one of the best ways to do it is to kind of put it in conjunction with an exercise program, especially in the summertime. When you're out there in the summertime, go for your walks or your jogs in the bright sun. Let that vitamin D hit you. Go out there for a half hour to 45 minutes, however you can do it, as long as you can do it, and let that vitamin D hit you. Because not only are you going to be helping to shed some pounds and burn some calories doing it, but you're also going to be getting your vitamin D at the same time. Okay? But in the winter, when you're not able to, you know, run, if you're not able to do that, my suggestion is supplement with vitamin D and uh, and try to do some exercises indoor, indoors. And um, again, do your do the best you can to try to engage the process of weight loss because that is going to help with uh, absorbing your vitamin D, but also absorbing everything else too. You know whether you know because with vitamin D you want to take, you know you can take your calcium, your magnesium, and your vitamin K all with vitamin D. They all work together to help your bones and uh, to help uh, you know to help keep everything strong and to help. To help you, you know, your immunity. And this is all proven. This is all proven science. This is, you know, all the studies have shown this. So, um, you know, my suggestion would be to make sure that you're uh, getting it either way. Okay? So it's just something to keep in your back of your mind. All right. A little sip of my tea here. Next, our nutrient of the week is grapeseed extract. Now, we're in the midst of Heart Health Month, which is February. So we're going to talk we're going to go over a few things to help with uh, as far as cardio protection and one of the biggest things that helps with cardio protection is grapeseed extract. So this is Wellness Resources. Uh, this is this is there's going to be a couple of articles here, but one is Wellness Resources. And um, this talks about um, grapeseed extract as it uh, helps with gene transcription. Okay, and this is, first of all, those of you who don't know what uh, the uh, grapeseed extract is, is basically 
it's the extract that's the you know the the compounds that are found in things like grapes and red wine and and those types of things which are have been shown to be very protective to the human body and that's why uh, what they call the French paradox is when they studied people in France who were uh, who had high fat diets okay and um, their, their diets were higher in saturated fats but they less they had far less heart disease. And in the 1930s, they actually researched this type of thing, and they realized it's because many of them were consuming wine, on a, and which they still do, consuming wine on a regular basis with their meals. And they found that the that the grapeseed extract and, and the extract in those wines and the compounds in those in that wine was actually helping to offset a lot of cardio issues. So. Now, grapeseed extract works actively at the gene transcription level to promote changes favorable to cardiovascular health that include the, it, it reduces inflammation, it improves uh, cholesterol and triglyceride metabolism. Okay, so that's, that's very, very important. That's something you have to really keep in the back of your mind. Now, um, red grapes are, you know, they're, they're a source of, uh, of a type of a flavonoid called a proanthocyanin. Okay, so these are common in, in cinnamon, in cranberry, green tea, black tea, all these different types of things. In apples, your flavonoids, you know, it's very, very important. But now white grapes contain it also, but they contain much less than red grapes. So the red grapes are the healthiest by far. And, but uh, all, you know, uh, the, the red grapes contain some also. And, and, you know, you can get a little bit in juice, but in a juice, you, you're, you're dealing with a lot, you know, a lot more sugar because a lot of things added to it. So, um, but that's very important. Now, let's talk about how grapeseed extract protects your cardiovascular system. It's been long understood that grapeseed extract offers uh, a lot of vascular protection. And um, what it does, one of the things that is it helps with the integrity of the structure of your collagen, rich your collagen rich vascular system. So again, you know it helps with plasticity as far as your 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 your, um, your capillaries and your veins and your arteries and those types of things. Helps keep everything moving. Helps keep everything soft. So this is this is one of the most important parts. Another thing is another way that it helps it assists your cardiovascular system by helping your arteries to relax so that the blood can flow easier. Now, through a mechanism of gene transcription, uh grapeseed extract helps to turn on the important enzyme known as nitric oxide, which is the friendly nitric oxide that requires that helps your system to relax your your circulatory um, your your uh, circulatory tone to relax and smooth out and actually which can help to uh, regulate blood sugar. Okay, so that's one of the most important things grapeseed extract can do. Also, it exerts uh, extraordinary protection to the heart in the face of things like diabetes. So. In diabetes, excessive blood sugar uh, links the flexible heart muscle like uh, like cement through a, a process known as glycation, or what's called AGEs or advanced glycation uh, end products. So this can, you know, obviously can can turn into um, heart failure, heart attacks, all even you know those types of things. But a recent detailed molecular animal study, this is coming right from the article showed that grapeseed extract reduced the formation of AGEs in the heart and maintained the health of mitochondria. Now, mitochondria are your cell engines. So, obviously, your heart has mitochondria. You have mitochondria all over your body. That's what gives your cells the energy to run 
So it actually assists in the health of the mitochondria and helps to preserve the healthy structure of the heart. So this is very important. helps your heart uh, beat better and, and uh, your cells to run more efficiently. Very, very important. What else? Uh, grapeseed extract helps with uh, fat and cholesterol metabolism. So there, um, there's been other studies that have indicated that uh, they found that grapeseed extract reversed the metabolic problems, um, lowering the inflammatory signal uh, C-reactive protein, which again we talked about before, which is an indicative of um, heart issues, interleukin-6, and tumor necrosis factor alpha. These are all inflammatory markers in your body that say basically there's something going on. So it helps to reduce those things and uh, helps to prevent metabolic deterioration uh, for people who have uh, or are dealing with uh, pre-diabetes or type 2 diabetes. Um, and not only on top of that, it's also been shown to, um, to uh, help your liver clear cholesterol and turns on the fat-burning gene that helps to lower triglycerides. So, I mean, you know, what doesn't it do, okay? And, and in many of these studies, um, especially in 2000, they did a study of 40 people with high cholesterol found that a combination of 100 milligrams uh, of grapeseed extract twice a day and 200 micrograms of chromium twice a day, lowered LDL cholesterol by 20%, which is the quote-unquote bad cholesterol, which is... Check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the AdiZero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today. Obviously, is the one that can turn into plaque and lead to all sorts of uh, problems. So, you know, that's the wonder nutrient uh, that is a grapeseed extract. And that leads me to another thing. And this is from uh, Natural News. And this is new science now. Uh, again, this is Natural News, Sherry Baker. Again, grapeseed extract kills colorectal cancer cells. So... Not only does it help you with your with your cardiovascular health, but it helps you with cancer health, or, or can, you know, has benefits regarding cancer. So let's let's see what it says. University of Colorado Cancer Center scientists have just published a study in the journal Cancer Letters that show grapeseed extract is powerful as a powerful weapon against colorectal cancer. It halts the growth and survival of colorectal cancer cells and kills them in large numbers. Two, while leaving healthy cells completely alone. Again, leaving healthy cells completely alone. Something that chemotherapy, radiation, all those types of therapies wish that they could do. And that, think about that. Think about how that, how unbelievable that is. Okay, um, the scientists think that uh, grapeseed extract targets colorectal cancer cells by causing oxidative stress. That leads to the programmed cell death known as apoptosis, cell death. Now, here's what was interesting about the study, okay? Because they, they know that a colorectal cancer cell can have upwards of 11,000 genetic mutations, okay? So that's, that's known, okay? Now, here's what, what's, what's interesting about this. They found that although it takes much more chemotherapy to kill a stage 4 cancer cell than a stage 2 cancer cell, so for example, 
the higher the stage of cancer, the, uh, the much more chemotherapy it takes to kill that cancer, okay? The exact opposite was true when it came to grapeseed extract. Why? And this is what it says. It says that the more mutations a cancer presents, the more effective grapeseed extract is in targeting them. So this is unbelievable. What it's saying is that the the higher the stage of cancer or the more mutations that the cancer had, which would normally require a lot more chemotherapy, the grapeseed extract actually was more effective in killing them. That's incredible. People, if there was a drug that did this, that was pharmaceutical-based, it would be the number one drug on the planet by far, and the person who came up with it would be a Nobel Prize winner in an instant. Okay, but because we're dealing with natural health here, it's not, and they're not. But anyway, that is incredible things. But not only that, University of Kentucky, they've also concluded a a groundbreaking research into the anti-cancer properties of grapeseed extract. They found that natural substance triggered the death of 76% of leukemia cells exposed to the extract in a laboratory experiment. So obviously a laboratory experiment is a little bit different than a human experiment, but that's promising. If you think about it, it's promising. You know, sometimes you don't know how things are going to work when they're actually in the human body. But, I mean, you know, and I know a lot of this testing is very expensive. But, I mean, that's that's extremely, extremely positive. So, um, so now we're talking about grapeseed extract for heart health, for liver health, and now effective for cancer health. And we know that other things besides grapeseed extract have also been known to help kill cancer cells and leave healthy cells alone. Things like curcumin have been known for that and, be, are, and are still being studied for that. And, uh, and various other nutrients are, are also being studied uh, that, do, that have similar benefits. So um, grapeseed extract, just an unbelievable nutrient, and that's our nutrient for the week. Um, you can get that in, obviously you want to eat your grapes if you can get them organic as possible, but you can definitely find, um, <clears throat> some really good grapeseed extract in a, uh, in, in pill form as far as supplemental form. And, uh, my website, you can find a great resource for that. Um, so it's great stuff. All right. Next mindbodygreen.com. And this is by Dr. Suzanne Blum. And this is, do you really need medication to lower your cholesterol? Now, you know, in, in reading this article, and again, you guys can read it for yourself when I put it up there, but, um, you know, she talks about, she says she's not anti-medication. That's fine. We respect that. But she says that I believe there should be a discussion of the risk and benefits before deciding to take cholesterol. You know, she's basically referring to cholesterol-lowering drugs. Uh, it shouldn't be an automatic, pretty much. So what she does is she, come, she comes out with uh, some tips here, uh, or some myths, actually, on cholesterol. And um, I've gone over myths of cholesterol on this show many, many times in the past, but I'm just going to go over these quickly. Uh, you guys can uh, check it out for yourself. The first myth she talks about is lowering my cholesterol will lower my risk of heart disease and death. And she says, while this may be true for some of you, for most, the studies don't prove this. 
People are put into risk categories, and for the highest risk people, the goal is simply to get cholesterol levels down to a very low number and quickly. So, uh, you know, there's everybody's at different risks. So, um, what she's saying is that it doesn't automatically lower your risk of death because, you know, the cholesterol could just be one aspect of it. There could be a lot of other aspects of it. Now, yes, if your cholesterol is high, there's, you know, there's usually there's some kind of reasons that go along with it, but um, that doesn't necessarily uh, totally eliminate the risk, especially if you're at high risk, you know, and for other things. So just keep those in mind. Myth number two, treat the number and it's all that matters. Now, this is what many doctors, and this is how, this is how many traditional doctors who kind of think about the old world way of doing things, this is how many of them actually think. They think that you, if you just treat your number, and this could be with anything, whether it's cholesterol, whether it's blood pressure, they think that lowering your number and the numbers look good on paper, that automatically makes you healthy, and it does not. I am sorry, and I don't care what they say. It does not automatically make you healthy. Why? Okay, because, uh, and, this, and she says here, just uh, just getting your numbers down isn't good enough to prevent heart disease. We have, we we need to make sure your cholesterol isn't damaged from free radicals because it's what makes them sticky and form plaque. So that's one of the reasons. But another reason, and I'm adding this in myself, you have to understand that there is a reason. There is a reason why cholesterol is up. Okay. Then your your cholesterol can go up for a number of reasons. It doesn't necessarily have to be because you you know yes usually one of the reasons is because of your diet, but it doesn't necessarily always have to be the reason. But there is an underlying cause, and doctors think that just because getting your cholesterol down to a normal level, okay, this person's healthy, doesn't make it so. Again, same thing with high blood pressure. High blood pressure is a symptom. That means that there is an underlying cause somewhere. Okay, and they think that we're just giving you high blood pressure medication. Is going to, is going to, and fixing your blood pressure number is going to automatically fix you. And yes, if your if your blood pressure is, is through the roof and you're about to explode, yes, you know, bringing it down, you know, on a, you know, with some kind of medication, I would say absolutely. I, you know, I would do it myself if you know if I was in that case. But you still want to fix the underlying problem. At the end of the day, that's that's the uh, that's the goal. Number three, the only way to lower cholesterol is with medication. Wrong again. She says, first, think about why cholesterol goes up. Some people have genetic, you know, are genetically disposed to it, but that's the minority. For most people, it's about lifestyle. Okay, so this is very important. Um, you know, there's some issues. There's some issues going on there, and a lot of times you may find that it has to do with their dietary intake what they're eating, what they're not eating, and what they should be eating, what they're, what, you know, those types of things. And a lot of that is usually connected. So, you know, that's something to bear in mind. And number four, and this is a doctor who's talking about this, mind you. Number four, if I take medi- medication, I can eat whatever I want. Absolutely not true. This idea can really get you into trouble. Studies have shown that people who take statins are at an increased risk of diabetes. So you can't keep eating all those processed sugar and flour products while your you know, medication keeps your cholesterol down. Okay, This false sense of security will make you sick and increase your risk of heart disease. So obviously you want to work with your doctor on these things, but there's things you can do to you know, help yourself out in this case. Okay, So 
that's uh, again, you know, a good article. You know, read it and you know see if it applies and whatever tips you can get out of it. Hopefully, it helps. And finally, natural news: what what time you eat matters much more than uh, much more uh, you know as much as how you eat or how much you eat. Anyway, Tufts University, University of Murcia, published in the International Journal of Obesity. The study was conducted of 420 overweight people who were categorized as either early eaters or late eaters, depending upon the time of day for which each preferred to eat their large meal. Now, the study was done in Spain, so their eating is a little bit different. Their largest meal is usually during the day for lunch, which was what it should be. Anyone who ate lunch before 3 p.m. was classified as an early eater, while anyone who ate lunch after 3 p.m., was classified as a late eater. The average participant consumed 40% of their daily calories at the large meal. All participants were enrolled in a 20-week weight loss treatment program. At the end of the program, the early eaters had lost significantly more weight than the late eaters and had lost uh, more had lost weight more quickly than the late eaters. And they also demonstrated a lower insulin sensitivity, indicating that they were at higher... Uh, um, I'm sorry, late eaters uh, demonstrated um, lower ins- um, insulin sensitivity, indicating that they were higher risk for diabetes than the early eaters. Now, they couldn't explain, okay, they couldn't explain why the timing appeared to be so important. They're, th- they're saying it's something to do with the internal clock and the circadian rhythm uh, of the body, which scientists, increasingly finding, scientists are increasingly finding plays a role in many bodily processes, which we know, you know, a lot of that is true. Because the body, you have to understand that the body deals differently with food depending on the time of the day. So, for example, like I always preach on this program, if you eat protein in the morning first thing, your body in, in the morning, it actually revs up metabolism because your body takes that protein and the liver starts to break down protein at a rate of about 40%, as opposed to carbs at about 4%. And this happens specifically in the morning. As as your day goes, things change. So you want to get things done in the morning. So for example, that's one of the things that I talk about uh, you know, during the day. But being active earlier in the day has also shown to ins- uh, assist with weight loss. So I did a study last week on people exercising early, and they showed better uh, improvement than people who... Uh, exercise late. So your body works better and your body is able to metabolize better in the morning uh, from what it's showing here. And, and you know, even in, in the morning and maybe even towards, you know, the, towards the afternoon because you have to remember that things start to slow down as you go later on into the day because now your body's starting to slow all the processes down because it's getting ready for, uh, you know, repair and and, you know, taking out the trash when you go to sleep and so forth. So this is significant here, but uh, those of you who are, you know, dealing with issues as far as obesity and, and, and being overweight, these are things you want to take into account. Have your biggest meal at lunch, which, it, which is, I think is, is normal, and then have your, have your smaller meal at dinner, and, uh, and then just space it out. Make sure that your dinner is at least two to three hours before you go to bed. This way, number one, your body doesn't have to digest when you go to bed. Number two... It um, your body starts to is your body starts to maintain your blood sugar while you're sleeping because you're in fasting mode, and number three, it starts uh, glucagon starts to 
starts to come out and do the fat burning process. And this is your t- your prime fat burning situation when you're sleeping. So, and it actually revs up as the, the closer you get to the morning. So by the time you're you know getting towards your morning, um, you know you're in prime fat burning mode because you're you know you got to remember when you're sleeping that is your fasting state. All right, that's the closest you get to a fasting state. So this is when you want to use that time for fat burning. Okay, so again, thing, things to think about uh, while you're you know getting your weight loss in gear. I'm gonna go over quickly just a question I got from Mary Ann. She says, uh, I went to the doctor and my blood pressure was high, cholesterol was high, and blood sugar was high. I have not gone to the doctor in a long time because of my distrust of most doctors. Um, They already gave me blood sugar medications and statins, uh, but I don't want to take the statins. Is there anything I can do to lower these things naturally? I'm 52 years old, don't exercise much because of time. A very stressful job, which is uh, probably part of the reason why I'm in this mess. Well, Marianne, I can give you some recommendations. Again, what I say is not a cure for anything, but I can give you some re- recommendations on uh, how to put your, you know bring yourself back into the right direction. Number one, the fact that you're not exercising, uh, you're not doing any kind of activity. You didn't tell me if you know uh, as far as weight. I'm I'm not. I don't know what type of weight you're. Uh, you know, if you're at your ideal weight or not. But um, I'm going to say that number one. Exercise, you know, you've got to start at the basics, pretty much. Okay, uh, number one, you got to start with your diet, and you got to start with your exercise program. So you got to get exercise in somewhere in there. Okay, whether it's ten minutes, anybody can find ten minutes a day to do some brisk walking, to do some cardio at home. Whether it's jumping jacks, um, I know people. I know people who who, who play their children's uh, video games, their Wii video games, and they actually have dancing video games. And they play and they do it together with their children. They actually do the dancing with their children. You know how many calories that burns when they do that? You know, 10 minutes or so, 15 minutes a day. So that's another way to do it. If you have children, that's something you may want to look at. Um, Get a stationary bike. Do something. Just get 10 minutes of exercise. Uh, You know, if you can't do it in the evening, I don't know how what your job is, but try to do it early in the morning. If you get up, if if you get up at six o'clock in the morning, get up at 5:40. And do 10 minutes and just make that a routine. Um, you know, you got to find somewhere in there to move, okay? That's number one. Um, number two, you got to address your diet, okay? Obviously, you want to try to cut out a few things. Again, I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to say because I don't know what your diet consists of. But you want to take the... You want to really get the sugars out of there because obviously if your blood sugar is high... And you, I mean, you're, you're really, you know, in this case, you're heading towards metabolic syndrome, which is, you know, high blood sugar, high triglycerides, high cholesterol, all these types of things. Um, so you want to address that. So you want to lower the sugars. You want to, um, you know, at least have three square meals a day. Try not to snack and um, try to, and, and again, you know, these are all things I've talked about before um, in this podcast. Um Try to leave as much time from the time that you eat to the time that you go to bed to let your body burn off some of that, okay? Um, that That's also time to um, burn the fat and also try to, and also helps to clear out the fat out of your liver, okay? So that, again, you know, you want to um, get away from the sugar. You want to, you know, if you can, maybe juice or get yourself a juice powder and get, some, you know, you can get a great superfood powder and have it in the morning, 
have some protein or, or a protein shake in the morning every morning if you do your exercise have the protein shake then go off to work okay um you, that's another way to do it uh, another thing you want to get is fiber because fiber is going to help to clear out some of that cholesterol that you have in there if your cholesterol is high you want to try to clear it out so things like um things like fiber will help bind to the cholesterol help clear those things out as best as possible okay if you're exercising and you know, remember you got to approach this in a in an entire program not just one thing an entire program so my suggestion superfood powder uh protein powder if you can a good whey protein powder um uh fiber that's another way to do it then in the um in the supplement category you want to look at things like grapeseed extract excellent for cholesterol again i went over this today uh, excellent for cholesterol and for blood pressure you want to look at magnesium magnesium is is excellent for regulating blood pressure as well helps everything relax helps your, your muscles to relax helps with uh, um, helps with nitric oxide um, so that's another thing you want to look at magnesium grapeseed extract to help you put you in the right direction and maybe a good multivitamin on top of that so those are the things you want to look at okay those are your basics those are basic i mean there's a lot of things you can do but those are basic basic things you can do to get yourself on the right track um and uh and just do that every day just every single day make it a program every single day and this is how you live and uh you know with your regular meals and um you know you hopefully if you if you lower the sugar because the sugar is a big part of this i'm pretty sure if you lower the refined carbohydrates and the uh, sugars and you get the you get the good proteins in there the good uh the uh good whole grains in there um things like brown rice um you may you may see yourself making significant uh difference in this okay again work with your doctor i cannot tell you to take or to take or not to take a a drug if your doctor is telling you to take it you have to work with your doctor on that obviously i'm not your doctor uh, what I'm just giving you is um, just some tips and ideas that you can help you get started in the right direction, and hopefully that helps you out. Okay, Marianne? All right, that's it for this week. Uh, glad you guys were able to tune in. I will be back next week again with more on the latest in health and healing. Until then, hope everyone has a fantastic week, uh, and just remember to uh, be well. Take care. Check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the AdiZero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today. Check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the AdiZero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today. Cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments, where bold moves require confident blueprints, where you can accelerate transformation through consistency, 
where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at saic.com slash cloud.